0: Do you feel hurt? Is the darkness swallowing your light? Perhaps the shadow that you are dancing with is also grand and full of life. Allow yourself to deeply see through the eyes of unconditional love. Allow yourself to deeply beat through the heart of ultimate truth. Like a trampoline The farther down that you dive into the darkness, the higher you are going to vibe into the heavens. There is no way around it, nor an experience that is more freeing. And when your motion is ready, holy fuck. Look at how your light starts to swallow the darkness. Now, what are you going to do with a view like that? When everything is sparkling like diamonds around you. The stars shine not for you, but they shine within you. And you know what? You are never alone. You are never alone. I'm Heath Armstrong, and this is Never Stop Peeking.
1: It's depressing like a dimple on your butt. your schmuck friends piss your pants, get up and dance, Rocket ship that booty, take a chance for your freedom, miggity milk that boobie, cause when the fear attacks, it tries to crack what you're thinking, fuck no, you'll never stop peeking. <laughs>
0: oh, it's crazy being back. It's like I did a little time travel. I feel like last time I was sitting at this exact desk, speaking into this exact microphone, I was leaving off at the last episode. So um, given that it's been two months, it feels a little bit exciting because it's almost like, what did I do in that time? And it was a lot. It was a whole lot, but it feels like it was yesterday in some weird way. But time bends, man. Time warps. Time's not the same for everything. Time's not the same anywhere that you go. It's all an illusion, man. It's all there to fuck your brain. <laughs> anyway, I, uh, yeah, I was in Africa. I was at the school, uh, climbed Kilimanjaro. That was an incredible experience that we're probably going to hear a lot more about in a future episode with Baba Ravi, who was climbing with me i um, excited to have him on. He is an amazing dude out of uh, the Boulder area. Really, really lights me up being around this guy. And he actually has a yoga retreat, yoga mindfulness, getting to know yourself on a super deep level coming up. And I'm not talking about like a fucking yoga retreat, like, oh my God, we're going to this fucking retreat and it's going to be so goddamn dope. We're all going to post Instagram pictures, in front of a fountain, in front of the ocean, with our white pants on, so you can see like the outline of our vaginas perfectly, but like not really see the outline of our vaginas, but like kind of, so that people will like the picture. But it won't actually like make them like it enough to start sending us dick packs, if you know what I mean. Not like that, but like a super deep spiritual way. And um, I really want to go. I have other plans that I have to be at in Mexico, that are clashing with the dates. And that was a super bummer for me because I thought that they were going to be separable. but, um, man, I know the cost on this thing is cheap. If anyone's interested in doing something like that, this is the dude you want to deal with. I'm not kidding. Uh, he's amazing. And I can hook you up. even just like to open up communication with you an email or something. Cause I will be doing things with this dude in the future. I mean, not like strag things, but like, you know, well, I mean, maybe, maybe strag, who knows? Um, So yeah, stay tuned. We'll have him on. It'll be amazing. Uh, Email me if you want some more information on that. Heath at fistpumps.com or Heath at ragecreate.com, either one. And the Domination deck is now rebranded as Sweet Ass Affirmations, and we have a current coupon on Amazon. So if you're a fan of that deck or you want to gift it to somebody... And it is doing amazing things around the world because people are tagging us constantly now. It's it's kind of cool to be a part of a project that's done that. Um, there's an 11% off coupon you can just clip on Amazon. So if you go to RageCreate.com slash Amazon, that'll pop up for you. Just click the button and it'll just automatically take like whatever that is. It's 1888, which is already like 20% off and then 11% off that. So it comes down to like 16 something maybe. Um, I'm not a math superstar, okay? I'm, I'm decent at it. I love numerology, but I'm not a superstar. I want to give another shout out to a buddy of mine. Um, you know, we're not, we're not like super tight. We're not like sexting each other or anything, but I have been in some cool places around the world with him. And I've seen his, his creativity flow out in the form of music and just like brilliant knowledge. When he talks, he's like puking up this stuff that just makes me want to rub it all over my body. And, and like celebrate it's that good. And and I don't want anything to do with rubbing vomit on my body, but I'm telling you this dude's intelligence is, is enough that you probably would do it yourself. Uh, I noticed he has a podcast out and it's called evolving earth and you should check it out because this whole new season season two is about um, basically plant medicine and psychedelics and the transformation that it's making in the world. And that's our topic for the episode today. So we're going to get into this episode pretty quickly. Uh, I'm really excited about it in so many different ways. But first I want to talk a little bit about kind of your role in the world. And you may have heard me talk on the subject before and it's okay because it's a great reminder. Um, but this was really thorning my side today and I couldn't ignore it so I want to bring it up. It's about the question, who are you? You know what is your role here on earth? And this is something that I'm exploring in my new book that I've been working on. These are deep, powerful questions that may often move your emotions between the energies that beast up your motivation muscles and the energies that kind of cripple your mission. But it doesn't have to be complicated. At the root of every interaction, every relation, and every experience in your life, there's two driving factors involved. How do you overcome fear? How do you create happiness? Remember, we're not searching for happiness. We're creating happiness. You can't find it. You have to make it. When you overcome fear and you achieve happiness indefinitely, you will be at peace in all areas of your life. That doesn't mean that negativity is going to be removed because it never is. It doesn't mean that suffering is going to be removed because it never is. That's all part of ascension. It's about learning how to love that suffering and that negativity so that it also is just rooting more happiness. So you're going to be at peace in these areas of life and you're not going to be bothered by things like thoughts or emotions or negativity illusions. But this can only happen if you, just, if you basically surrender to who you are in your rawest freak form. And love yourself for it relentlessly. Feel the feelings behind your emotions, but don't allow the emotions to change who you are. Discover and embody the good vibrations, Marky Mark style. Until there is no more room for negativity. Love yourself unconditionally. So that external stress weenies can no longer infect your insides like a frat house STD. Witness the rose and the thorns, but never forget that they are both part of the flower. You are listening to this right now because you have a purpose to embody in this wacky, wonderful life. Whether you are introverted, whether you're extroverted, or some weird combination of both that you like to put into fancy fucking terms, you are still here to discover your role in the world and how it aligns with your higher purpose. And I'm going to be blunt here. As I always am, I know your role. Your role is to create. Your role is to create Positive energy. Your role is to create positive energy and then lead others to create positive energy. That is why you are here. You weren't sent to this planet in your stardust suit to doubt your magic and cower in fear. Yes, it can be dark, it can be confusing, it can be painful, it can be full of anxiety at times. But those feelings cannot fuck with you when you are aligned with your purpose and your power and you can see outside of it. You can witness from the top. You can witness from the bottom. You can do the 360 witness. If you have this podcast in your little earbuds or in your car stereo and you're listening, you've been activated. You have been activated That's why you're hearing this. Once you are activated, you cannot turn around and go back to a mundane life full of conformity and tradition. There's a reason that you're listening to this type of thing. You know something is shifting. You know your energy is on fire. But you can't go back. It doesn't work that way. You'll always be bothered. Your mission is to become one with love, peace, and purpose of your activation and to help activate others who are ready to rage too. This makes you a leader whether you like it or not. By leading, I don't mean searching for approval and validation from everyone else so that your ego can bust a nut at the end of the day. No. No, 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 no. True leaders don't parade around the world trying to get other people to believe in them. True leaders figure out a way to help other people believe in themselves and thus resulting in an activation for the mentee and fulfillment for the mentor. If you want to overcome fear and create happiness, you must live your legend. You are here to embody light. You are divine in origin. Origin, come on. The parts of life that matter and contribute to your highest purpose are already shining within your heart, your gut, your mind, and those big, twinkly eyes. How will you help other people believe in themselves so that they too may join us in this collective, universal healing? You want to talk about regret? It only lays within the risk that you didn't take. Quit squeezing those butt cheeks and holding all of your magic
1: inside. It's time to go full spread, eagle, baby, and shove in the unicorn horn. Honor the downloads that you receive from your
0: source and take action To bring them to life internally so that you can use them to awaken lives externally. You exist to shift culture from fear to love. Starting just as you are right now. Perfect framework. Perfect foundation, beautiful on the inside, beautiful on the outside. Nothing is sexier than someone who is not afraid of being their authentic self. Someone who honors their spirit and higher calling without the fear of being judged by the people around them. And you know what? You are looking mighty sexy right now so i have a proposition shall we make creative babies together and save the world shall we make creative babies together and boost good energy into the universe oh i think so i think so i'm not even i'm not even questioning it at this point i am so happy that you're here listening today i'm so happy to be back on the mic Today, I have an episode from Shock to Awe. How do we heal our deepest wounds? With Dr. Janine Sager and Olivia Broughton. Now, what is the root of your deepest trauma? What blockages are you holding physically and mentally that are preventing you from stepping into the next happiest, healthiest version of yourself, what kind of pains and experiences and memories are you ready to let go of? We all have our ups and downs, but how do you react to yours? What are they attached to? How are they affecting your relationships, your daily routines, the passion within your pursuits? For many years, I stuffed things away in the back of my mind, hoping that they would just disappear. On many different occasions, they boiled up into blackout rampages in deep pools of depression. Shebang! I had no idea how to overcome these things that were crippling me. In reality, I didn't even know what most of them were, where they came from, what had happened, what trauma I was even storing. We all experience suffering on a certain level. But no matter what that level is compared to other people, it's still the hardest thing in the world for us as individuals when it hits. You shouldn't feel bad for having trauma. You shouldn't feel bad for suffering about things that you think are minuscule because they're not. They're important to you. You don't have to be in poverty, suffering on the streets in some third world country to be okay with suffering. It doesn't work that way. Everybody is projected into a different journey. Healing happens exactly how it should happen in every different case, in every different scenario, all the time. My experiences with ayahuasca and other types of plant medicine have been discussed before in this podcast, and I am in awe with the love that these medicines represent, as well as the deep healing wisdom of their teachings. So, when I was contacted by the crew behind the documentary, From Shock to Awe, to potentially do a podcast, I was overcome with excitement and curiosity. So the general question being explored within the documentary From Shock to Awe is, how do we heal our deepest traumas and wounds? What else? Can this type of healing be facilitated through natural plant medicines or sacred journeys? Maybe. Can these medicines help break up repattern and transform the deepest wounds that exist through this complex thing that we call humanity maybe PTSD suicide chronic depression are just some of the notable issues that trauma can instigate within the film these topics and questions are are dissected through this beautiful exploratory and transformative journeys basically of a few deeply traumatized combat veterans as well as their loving and supportive yet affected families. When an individual is traumatized, it's not just them that's affected, it's people around them too. We all suffer collectively. The more people that are hurting, the more we hurt collectively. According to Wikipedia, the most recent report published by the United States Department of Veterans Affairs, which was 2016, Analyze that an average of 20 veterans a day die from suicide. 20 veterans a day die from suicide. The current support system in place isn't working. And changes must be made. Now, can plant medicines help save lives? Let's let's dive in and discuss it, shall we? So executive producer... Dr. Janine Sager joins me on this episode uh, for a cosmic exploration into the powerful transformations of combat veterans Matt Call, Amy Call, and Mike Cooley. We are also joined by Olivia Broughton, a very special guest, a dear friend of mine, who has extensive experience with plant medicine ceremonies and authentic relating within the prison systems to heal trauma. So it's a good episode. It's going to be juicy. Um, On top of the film discussion, we break down the root causes behind our broken community support systems and open up the discussion for how basically a massive planetary shift has to start within each of us individually first as leaders, as I was talking about earlier. To date, From Shock to Awe has won so many different awards. Um, You can get on their website and check it out. I mean, it's like crazy how many different positive reviews from critics and experts and audiences alike they have. And yeah, I'm just going to jump right into it. It's a pretty hefty episode. You know, if you have to break it up into segments, do it. Um, But it's good stuff. It's good, juicy stuff. would love to hear your questions. would love to hear your suggestions on, um, you know, future episodes, topics, guests, Hit me up at, heath at RageCreate.com. You can also leave voicemails at heatharmstrand.com forward slash voice. Uh, you can just go to heatharmstrand.com forward slash podcast and hit the voice button on the side of the tab as well. Yeah, I really appreciate all the messages I get from all of you. It keeps me going. It reminds me of our collective uh, creative surges and why they're so important. And I love you all very much. I hope you've had a fantastic start to the year and I'm excited to keep beasting out new quality episodes um, that are packed with things that matter to help you and everyone else never stop peeking on your journeys. Love you all. Peace. I met Olivia. I met her sister in Nicaragua and then I met her. Um, she lives in Boulder and she can tell you a little bit about herself if you want. Yeah. Of course. Of course.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think as as Heath mentioned, we're friends and and connected a lot about through kind of our experiences with medicine and and through kind of the spiritual transformational journeys we've both been on. But it mostly I mean, we, I, I watched, you know, from shock to awe and I had just gotten out of doing, um, relational leadership in prisons and that, I mean, the relational leadership I see is like kind of the, some of the closest work that we can be doing. That's kind of without medicine, you know, it's, it's incredible to see. So I had just gotten what out of this say, experience.
3: There all kinds of medicine, you know, and oh gosh. relationship yeah. and community and nature and they're all, they're
2: all medicine. You know, hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Going. <laughs> Definitely. So I had just gotten out of this space and seen the the impact that connection and self love and self acceptance was having on. I think there was a about eighteen inmates, male inmates, that had ranged from you know murder to sexual assault to kind of a just like robbery and. it was a three day experience and on the last day they were leaving with more hope and more like, okay, this is where the work begins. And okay, we have to, you know, lean on each other. And also sadness, like they, there was, there's not really a lot of opportunity for that work to be in there. So, you know, I was kind of left with both this fire under my butt to, you know, want to be able to get, you know, medicine, this form of medicine out into to prisons more um, and then Heath kind of hit me with this documentary and which opened up a whole kind of spill of things for me. Um, but yeah, deeply, you know, have had multiple different experiences with specifically ayahuasca um, and, and MDMA. Um, but ayahuasca kind of set me on the journey, like radically transition, like kind of changed the directory of my, my life. It's where I started my business. It's it's kind of where I started connecting to myself more. I went on this two year journey around, you know, over in Europe and Spain and, and France and started to get some flavors of how people did connection and do connection in these different places. So um yeah, that's I mean that's a little bit about me here.
3: And do you have a um because you said you changed your
2: profession. Mm-hmm. So
3: what was it and in- what are you doing now?
2: Yeah, so I was a Montessori teacher, and I transitioned into teaching Montessori teachers, and then the I went and sat in Aya uh, in on Hawaii, and pretty much got the message to go back home and pack everything up and like leave and, and move there for a little while. I was like, okay, you know, I'll go and move there and live there for about like six five or six months and kind of like now I, I I like started building my business. So now I'm an intuitive consultant and a relational facilitator um, and work with, you know, people on their wholeness, wholeness including their business and how they communicate and their relationships and, you know, just anything that's an extension of themselves by working with the self, you know, through the self. So.
3: Yeah, makes
2: sense. A yeah. pivot. A pivot. <laughs> yeah, you
3: were already in the helping professions, but now you
2: pivoted. to Yeah, I pivoted.
0: Yeah. So, since everyone got an overview of what Olivia does, and I have Janine on here, who we've talked about before the podcast actually started, I'm I'm really honored to have the opportunity to chat with you, Janine, because of the large body of respectful transformative work that you've done throughout your life. And while talking to your Aaron about potential guests from your team, it was an immediate intuitive hit with you. So I'm excited to explore why that is, which I already feel like has started to happen in this pre-conversation. The general subject being explored within From Shock to all is the natural root of our really the natural route of healing our deepest traumas and wounds, right? And can this type of healing be facilitated through natural plant medicines and sacred journeys? Can these medicines help break up, repattern and transform some of the deepest wounds that exist throughout the complex thing that we call humanity, PTSD, suicide, chronic depression are just some of the more notable issues that our veterans are dealing with on a large scale. These are the bravest, brothers and sisters that we have going to fight selflessly for something much larger than themselves. And by engaging in this type of combat, they're opening themselves up to become very vulnerable, not only physically, but energetically, which is something we don't see. And they are carrying that complex energy back home internally, and then fighting a very deep internal war with themselves when they get back. And it is our duty to help bring peace and comfort to heal their traumas when they arrive home. But Many times it just gets washed under the under the rug. Uh, we have a seriously broken system in this country for care and integration provided to not only veterans, but other magical people with mental and physical disabilities as well. So Janine, I'm really intrigued to hear about your past in bringing Eastern medicine or meditation um, or conscious communication into places in need to help transform mindsets and traumas throughout your career. And if you could share a little bit of that and then also and how did you get involved with the idea in the production of this film? Uh, how did this past type of therapy work help you establish and support um, kind of the deep connection within the subjects of the film also?
3: Okay, well, they're all intertwined. Thank you, Heath, as, as you might imagine. <laughs> um, So uh, the the short story of how I got into transformational technologies, if you want to call it that, including meditation, primarily in the beginning, was I lived in India and went in 1969. I was studying there, and then when I came back, had a transformative experience with LSD, Mm. February 4th, 1970. So that gives you a date. And I remember thinking to myself, this is real, I am not coming down, I'm dedicating my life to this. Mm. Similar to your two stories, you know, when people have this glimpse into a larger reality, <clears throat> it's hard not to want to say, that's it, and I'm organizing my life around it. So from that, I went on to work at Harvard, at the School of Public Health, and Psychiatric Epidemiology, and then into Graduate School at Berkeley in Altered States of Consciousness, Resilience. I was, you know, I was drawing from all of the resources to support this understanding of a different way of living, you could say. And that then quickly transformed into teaching meditation. I met my meditation teacher, uh, brought it to the corporate world. Uh, So for many, many years, that was my main arena, was dealing with corporate executives and people in their workplace to help them tap into something deeper within Mm. them. Did that for 33 years. And then I thought I was retired but my friend, Luke Cote, whom I knew in the ashram where I had lived, because that was a big part of my life, living and traveling with a meditation teacher. And to just put it simply, the idea came through to make a movie on the spiritual and therapeutic benefits of psychedelic medicines.
0: Mm.
3: And that's where the whole film evolved from and how it, it, merged into dealing with the veterans. I happened to come from a military family. Luke had already made a film about PTSD with combat veterans, or excuse me, veterans from Canada. And that's how it all started to emerge. That was the seed of it. Does that make Absolutely. sense? Absolutely.
0: What do you, So looking at the issue presented that you're kind of covering in the documentary, what do you think the bird's eye view solution looks like. Is it is it building conscious communities that can then facilitate the integration process on small scales until it becomes larger? Can we raise awareness enough to influence others to start taking action to grow these sacred support spaces? Kind of like the location that Matt and Mike and Brooke visit in the documentary to kickstart their transformational experiences. Cause I feel like on this conscious community level, like it seems like such a hard thing to start implementing, but at the root, you know, you got to start at the root. You can't start in the leaves. And I feel like that's, that's where my intuition guides me is how do we start facilitating that type of um, environment?
3: Well, you're taking words right out of my mouth. (laughs) I, I completely agree with you. We have to start with the roots. We have to start one seed at a time, you know, to transform individual consciousness and get enough people, get a mass so that then they join together and then it starts building a bigger tree, a plant, something that starts to grow. I often say there's really good news on the planet now from the ground up,
0: Mm.
3: not from the top Mm. down. And uh, just so you know,
2: conscious community is my next project. Mm. And what, what, what might that look like, Janine? Like conscious community, when you say that, what does that look like to you or what, what might that be? Well, the hope is that people band together and, Some
3: structure, not a tight structure, but a loose structure, whether it's people living close together in a town, whether it's people living in a converted camp (laughs) and with a community building, it's all forming right now. There is not a really clear idea yet. Mm -hmm. But I think everybody's aching for it, and I think it's the natural emergence of what you, Olivia, and you, Heath, and I, Janine, have been experiencing of something so profound and deep that we've, we're living out in our lives. And of course, we want to join with other people who have, have that similar transformational experience uh, mm-hmm. to do good in the world, you know, get off the yoga mat and into the world, get up, off the meditation cushion uh, and start to put it into action. And we need each other for that.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: So, in terms of what I think could really make a difference, I think that's the next level. Uh, Already, the numbers of people who are experiencing and exploring and experimenting with consciousness-raising technologies, specifically psychedelics and plant medicines, um, but also other technologies that we were talking about previously, meditation community, authentic communication, building relationships, all of those come together and grow out of a shift of consciousness.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. I mean, what, when when you say, you know, what people getting off the yoga mat and into the world, how do, you, how do you see people interacting? Or like, what are their platforms that you've been using? Or are there spaces like with things that you've been doing to get these people talking, connecting and, and sharing. Yes. We made a film. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that was a, is a six year contribution to starting to gather people around. You may or may not know, but almost all of our screenings have panels afterwards wow. because it's not just to watch the film, but it's to start creating community and getting people, so in places like Chicago and Seattle and even in Georgia, places we've had screenings, it brings people out who are of like mind and some who are naive but are interested enough to come and open their minds. So it starts to build, you meet people and you start interacting with others of like mind. So that's one wave, you could say, of connecting. But there are so many other ways we can do that. I mean, Olivia, you spoke about your work.
2: Yeah, yeah. Very profound. Definitely. And I can
3: imagine it wouldn't just limit itself to prisoners.
2: Yeah, no, this, it, it goes, spreads out everywhere. But I well, definitely think it's like the conversation, it's, it's finding those people, you know, whether it's at, you know, listening to, watching a movie and documentary and then connecting afterwards, or you're going to an event. I mean, it's, it's you know, we need to start having these conversations or, or continue. To uh, share ideas and spread our own experiences, so that we can kind of take the next step. Okay, now what? You know, we've been exactly,
3: and also joining forces. Yeah, you know, we can't do this alone. Mm-hmm. It can be tiring. You know, it demands a lot of all of us. Mm-hmm. It's
0: the it's the spider web, right? It's the, it's
3: the every web. time
0: we talk, even on this level, and the people that are listening are going to hear it, and hopefully talk to somebody else about it and eventually things just start sparking up and maybe other podcasts happen because of it. And then more people hear it. And it's just, it's easy for us to look at that and think that's too hard to start from this root level and to make this change. We're too helpless. We can't do this. But even Mm -hmm. in just like works that I do with writing and mindset, I can make something and feel imposter syndrome the entire time and think, this is never going to help anyone. And five years later, I still have people messaging me, telling me about how impactful it has been to them. It's just about simply taking action. Like why, why are these medicines still illegal? How hard has it been from your, you know, creating of this documentary film and doing your panels? How hard has it been to promote this type of healing in a Western world where everyone has been so brainwashed to think that these things are so bad for us, and what we really should do is gladly swallow these tiny white pills that the medical system are dishing out to us, like candy, like, what has that been like? Has there been kind of a dagger? Has there been a pushback against your your, uh, surge at all?
3: Well, there's two sides. There's the upsurge and the coming together of people, which is happening in so many places right now whether it's psychedelic conferences, psychedelic societies, your podcast, other people's podcasts, Tim Ferriss's, you know, supporting of research centers around the world. Uh, There's so much good happening at that level. And our film is part of that whole movement. So has there been pushback? Well, to be honest, A, mostly we, like the conferences we've gone to, are already Organized around the principles, so people are coming who are interested. The backlash we feel is more subtle and indirect. We have not gotten anybody, you know, trying to put us down, uh, shut us down. Uh, that those aren't the audiences we've shown to. It's been more friendly audiences so far. Um, but certainly, the mindset that is embedded in most of the planet, particularly America, about the stigma around these medicines is not a small thing to overcome. So the efforts that are being made, Rick Doblin with MAPS, Mm -hmm. who's making great headway, piece by piece, year by year, to talk to people with influence, talk to people who have open minds, and start to turn those mosaics. I always think of it like a mosaic. You have a huge mosaic and tile by tile by tile, and you start to get different patterns when you start to overturn those stigmas in people's minds. Uh, We, by the way, are doing in, I think it's on November 18th or 19th in Washington, DC. Uh, There'll be a briefing using parts of our film. Oh, amazing. Influencers, be at the Capitol, and gathering people who are staffers, policymakers, influencers, to do a little education.
0: There's such there's so when I started watching this documentary, it hits you hard because it's directly the story. Of these veterans, right? It's it's what they're dealing with, and you they did you all did such an amazing job keeping your cameras there, and probably I can't even imagine how much footage you have that didn't make the film, and how much time you spent probably with these the subjects in the film, um, and being sort of I don't I don't even necessarily need to use the word fit, like therapist, but like being a friend, being that support system for them when they need help, and as they're making these transformations in the film, we get to see them start. And how they are and then watch the process going through to the end and that that i can't imagine anybody watching that and being like oh that's not that's not true like that isn't real like the, the story is so powerful the way that they depict it in their transformations mm-hmm. it's it could sit here and say like you should see all these clinical studies of the healing benefits of psychedelics right you should see all these different medicines and what they can do but the average person that watches a film like this, who's not gonna understand what the clinical studies are, they are going to connect to this person's story. They're gonna to connect to, Mike, to Matt's story, they're gonna to connect to Brooke's story, to, to Mike's story. And that's going to change their mindset on a single level, which is gonna help the conscious you know, community in itself. Um, what was it like? That's what we hope.
3: That's exactly what we hope. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um,
3: is by showing the human stories, So that people can make their own decisions, even the most skeptical people. And we have a few stories I can tell you of almost conversions from, you know, fundamentalist Christians and hardcore Republicans who see these stories and say, listen, nobody should stop them from doing what they need to do to heal. This is valid.
0: That's amazing.
3: Um, It is amazing. And that was our hope. Uh, interestingly, side note, the main pushback we're getting now that it's out to the public in digital release is, um, well, you should have shown more experts. You should have talked about the science of it. And we made a very clear decision to not have talking heads. We do have those. We have the experts on our website. We filmed them all. We met them. We're in good communication with them, but this is about human stories.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And you're right. It, there were a lot of hours and years. I kept saying to Luke, can we get out of the shock and get to the awe? <laughs> you know, because it was really years of being immersed in PTSD, not just with our main characters, but as we were traveling around the country and interacting with a lot of veterans on different issues, including their use of cannabis, et cetera. So, and there were midnight calls to me you know, people freaking out, or uh, so there was there. My therapeutic skills, you could say, came in very handy. And although it wasn't therapy, to your point, also, it was listening. It was having somebody being willing to be with you and to listen. And I'm imagining Olivia that that might be part of what the relational, authentic relationships you're talking about in prison. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think most of those men, I th- we spent like one morning, you know, doing f- like close to three hours just of them sharing their stories. Right. And, and the most healing part of it was actually being listened to, being and heard it. and, and without judgment. Like, I think that was a huge part of it. It was like, there was no judgment in the space. We were, you know, hearing each other as humans first and, and, you know, like, like letting the labels fall away of what they were or exactly Exactly they were what they've done you know I think that's a huge part is is like first off getting giving this sense that we're all human first you know and so how do we treat each other as humans how do we how do we connect each connect to each other and remind each other of the love that's already here like it hasn't gone anywhere I think that's like one of the, the magical things about you know these these different types of medicine is is it doesn't it's not showing us anything that's not here already it's it's almost like unveiling it all Exactly, reminding us, getting, getting to
3: the core of who we are.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, and so,
2: experiencing that full mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I think that the beauty about you know what it seems that you know this, this documentary does, as well as you know the different things that are happening in the world that are really spreading awareness about this, is it's kind of bringing about some normalization of, oh, okay, there's a lot of struggle here, and oh oh, Aya uh, or medicine or these different routes, this is, this is a possible route we can take and oh, this could be really helpful and this is transformative. And like the more that that message can get spread out there, then I think the more that people, you know, would, would, like, are getting on board with that, just being a, a, a sol- just like normalized. It's, right. it's it gets not a taboo anymore. And destigmatized.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yes, absolutely. Um, the whole part of getting into people's heart space, mm-hmm. which we think this movie touches into. Um, and that's what joins us together. You know, independent of political party, religious affiliation, socioeconomic background. Uh, one of the favorite parts of my movie is, of the movie is. Of course, when they're having their daytime ceremony, mm. I won't reveal too much to the listener. <laughs> <laughs> but when they see themselves as love,
2: mm. yeah,
0: it's all unconditional love. And I, I that that part also, man, because going and seeing, I think it was Matt when it shows his prescription drug cabinet. Uh, yep, and. It, knowing people in my life that have also been in his shoes like and then making transformations through plant medicine as well I don't think everybody gets the honor of being able to experience that I don't even know if the honor is the right word gets gets that experience in their life to be able to say okay now I want to explore this this film and the way that it it shows his character kind of opening that cabinet and then that daytime ceremony I mean I immediately was flashed back to my own ayahuasca ceremonies and one in particular where I was really struggling with understanding how to receive love. And you know, she, the mother presented herself and essentially I spent hours one-on-one with her teaching me how to just, how I was mm-hmm. nothing but unconditional love. And she was pumping me full of it. And it, it it was so real, right? It's not, it's hard to put into words that type of thing happening and explain it to other people. but you you don't even have to understand it when you're watching this film because you feel it in the story. And I think like, I mean, I teared up when I was watching that, that scene that you're talking about, Like mm. teared up. And I was like, oh my God. I think that's when I sent it to Olivia.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well that's what the three of us are talking about, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Unconditional love, meaning without judgment. Yeah. Just heart to heart, human to human. And experiencing that, because so many of us come from trauma or for incom- from incomplete experiences of that. And that's really what being human is all about, is finding that again, I think.
0: Well, you, you've helped a lot of people do that. And i you can see their character, right, throughout the documentary, being these types of characters that are blocked, not able to share their emotions, really very, very much suppressed in a way. And then as they make the transformation and they're breaking up all of the emotional blockages and traumas with these medicines, they become these just, you see the inner beauty come out and they become these just magical, caring, loving beings. You, you, you get to meet them, the real them for the first time. And it's like a flower blooming right in front of your face. And I I tied it with Olivia because earlier that day she had been talking to me about going into this prison where at first you're talking to these, these, prisoners who have that blockage right it's hard to get them to open up and then right. as she's yeah. working with authentic relating to them it's like a flower opening up in front of her and like I could feel the emotion in, in her voice and just the story there and there was just this double connection and I was like ah I think we got to get her on this call too it just all made sense <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah it's that it's We're that innocent. <laughs> yeah definitely it's it's like that innocence that's always here. It's mm-hmm. connecting back to that, and I think, you know, I, it's it's such it's so interesting because when I think about you know be, being a presence for someone of unconditional love or of this of this love that is is really not you know there's not really a judgment in there. There's not like a, a condition in there. You have to be X Y Z to be loved. When we're just in that holding that presence, it's similar to the medicine. It's similar to MDMA. It's similar to Aya in how, you know, that medicine holds that container and holds that space.
3: Exactly. And the energy of it. It's an energetic.
2: Yeah. Um, so it's way beyond
3: the mind. It's way beyond the mind. Completely. Yeah. Direct experience.
2: Yeah.
0: I want to shift this subject just for a second, because I want to give an overview of, of why this document is, this documentary is, this documentary <laughs> wow (laughs) documentary is so important um do you know i remember when i was watching the film they were flashing some statistics um something related to suicide rates ptsd with veterans do you know any of those off the top of your head janine
3: sure Uh, the one that's oft quoted is 22 suicides a day
0: is that veterans that
3: was that's Veterans return, yes, veterans, wow. combat veterans mostly. Wow. Not only, but now that number has been revised up to 28 suicides a day. Wow. I just read a statistic that over 60,000 veterans have committed suicide in the last, I think, eight years. <sighs> I'm not exactly sure, but many, many more kill themselves after they come home then are killed in combat. Mm.
2: God. Yeah. I think that's what Mike was talking about at the end of the documentary when he was just talking, he was like crying. He was in the kitchen with Brooke and he was just kind of tearing up about, you know, this, because this is not necessarily really wildly uh, available to veterans or, or the, the population. It's kind of like, you know, what's, what the risk of that is, you know, how many, how many
3: illegal, let's say it, it's illegal. Yeah. Being practiced, um, underground by many people, uh, many, many therapists are risking their license to provide these therapies because they see the power they have. Yeah. It far transcends most talk therapy. Now the best results, especially with MDMA, come with psychotherapy sessions to help integrate. but it's not uh, it's not the primary thing that shifts people
2: quickly. yeah, well, you know so this is kind of like what we're what we're what we're losing when this is not available. this is when this is illegal.
3: Yes. And of course, what we're, what is being done instead is massive amounts of pharmaceuticals.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Which you saw, as Matt said, over ninety over, he was uh, prescribed over ninety different medications.
2: They had almost killed him. I think he said yeah. every you know, every Everything single
3: thing in here almost killed yeah.
2: him. Yeah.
3: He was on eighteen to twenty-three uh, pills a day for many years.
0: How has it gotten like that, you know?
3: yeah Yeah. well we talked to so many veterans who initially were and there's many more using cannabis which also helps with symptoms um the who that was their first leap is to go from pharmaceuticals to cannabis and then many now are finding their way to the other plant medicines that are powerful mm. and of course the plant medicines that we're talking about ayahuasca ibogaine or iboga, uh, mushrooms, psilocybin, slash mescaline, slash peyote. These plant medicines, San Pedro, um, don't require years and years of administration every day. They often find the transformation happens with one, two, or three sessions. And then the support needs to be there as well to integrate. It's not everything's over then, as you both know. There's still a life to be lived and uh, families to deal with and, <laughs> you know, jobs to do and difficult people to deal with. So life continues. And, and that, that, yeah. And that's 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 many of these other tools come in. Certainly meditation, yoga, uh, communication circles, you know, nature, et cetera. There's so many technologies out there for helping support people.
2: Yeah, that, that's, you know, that's where the in, that integration is like vital, it seems like, that's oh. where the work is. You know, I think so often I, I remember myself coming out of my first ayahuasca ceremony and kind of just going back into normal life and, and not really knowing, like, how does this all fit in? Or, you know, how do I, it seemed like two different worlds.
3: Right, and you know, it, Mike makes that point. He said it was such a change, so profound in such a short amount of time coming home. He didn't realize how much adjustment there was going to be, not only for himself, but his family. Yeah, yeah. Because this is also a story about how families are affected.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, and how, I mean, how, how, how do you continue to work with individuals and integrate? I mean, I, I know I, I read something about you, like into integrated, integration consultant is that correct Uh uh-huh um that's something honestly I've been so busy with the film I
3: haven't done much of but I I do do to help people find language to talk to other people about what these experiences are how to bring it forth I have one client I was just working with yesterday who had a very difficult meeting and so coming up to negotiate a new contract he's a consultant and how to maintain that inner balance and that inner love that he had experienced so profoundly. So how that would be a typical situation. How do I maintain that unconditional love in the middle of a hard business bargaining session? Mm. You know, that's, that takes quite a bit of navigation, really, not to get triggered, not to get yourself all wrapped up and take things personally. So yeah. we need all the strength we can get to maintain this love and to maintain this open heartedness. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: It's, it's almost playing. It, it's almost playing down the, the ego as much as it is opening up the heart. It's kind of a balance. Well, two. I
3: think when the ego shuts down, the heart opens up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think
3: there are two sides at the same point, don't they?
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we can love our ego too and just mind it. It's... Yeah, it's hard.
3: Well, it's always it it there's a functional part to an ego. I mean, I wrote papers on this, you know, way back in the day. Uh you know, it's the ego is functional the way it's defined it's in terms of an identity of a person and the use of words and the use of concepts. So it gets things done on the earth plane. It gets us fed. You say milk, you can get this liquid that sustains you. You <laughs> say bread, yeah. You know, we need those tools so we don't throw it all out with the backwater. <laughs> but, uh, but it needs to be put in its place. Yeah. All too often, I know for myself, you know, when I start to get personal about things and things aren't going the way I want them to, you know, I can feel it in my body. It's a hardness. And so that's when I have to use my own tools to meditate, breathe, let go, go sit in nature, and remember the bigger picture because it comes up, you know, it wants to take over.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just interesting. Cause we have kind of, I know, I know I have grown up in a, in a society where it's, it's like kind of, more emphasis is putting on living as the ego or living as, you know, get stuff done and, and don't really care about your feelings. And yet, this is just how it's done. And this is how you live your life and create a job this way. And then the minute someone brings in feelings or they're crying in a meeting or they're sharing about, you know, a hardship they had, it's like people like malfunction. They don't know how <laughs> to be with it. And so it's kind of like for a little while, we're all talking gibberish. You know, we're, we're trying to teach another language or, or remind. You know, others of the language that they once spoke that was once so fluent that, you know, it was, it was so useful. Someone starts crying and it's like, of course, like, let me tend to you. Let me, you know, hold you in the, a, in, a, in this container of compassion. Um, but it's, it's definitely like, it's, it's kind of like teaching a new language and the world is like, when did you change? Like, why, why are you trying to bring in this new agey stuff? And it's like, nope, this has been here way before, Yeah. You
3: know? Well, not only that, I used to say, because I worked primarily in business, big business corporations, and it's like to pretend that you don't have a limbic brain, which is where the emotions are experienced, is like saying you don't have two legs. You know, Mm -hmm. it's part of us, but we're so trained to tamp it down, particularly in quote unquote business situations, you wouldn't want to be emotional and so we lose a whole piece of relating and of tapping into insight as well because those are some of the those areas of our brain and of our being are where great insight and integration and creation come from so i think business
0: I, yeah. I, I think that's a huge point on the way that this medicine works as well like it <laughs> It just scrapes all those layers that have been put onto us from the time that we're born into this fast paced world with billboards and, and advertisements and things that you should be doing and places you should be going and people you should be hanging out. It, it has a way of purging all that out. And of course, the purge is a big thing with ayahuasca. But I, I legitimately felt bubbles everywhere. And I felt things just kind of like, like in my hands, I felt like there was a carbonated beverage just like inside my hands, like all over. And it was just cleaning, right? It was like, and I didn't know that at the time because when I was filling the bubbles, I actually had zero psychoactive effect with ayahuasca. It was doing physical work on me. It's a very intelligent medicine. And my ego was like, well, why am I not getting psycho effect, like psychoactive effects here? Like, am I? does it not want to work with me? You know, I'm just getting, it was, it was kind of ridiculous the very first time I did it. <laughs> and afterwards, like this is a type of medicine that is constantly integrating with you. When you're Even when you're not in ceremony with it, you go home, you spend months, you spend years, it's still working on you. It's still working with you. You'll get yeah. that insight starts to pour in as those layers are removed. And I think that's really important because I think that's what's happening in the documentary through their transformation is all those layers are getting scraped away and all of a sudden that beautiful flower that they bloomed into there's, they're getting the downloads, right? They're getting that insight and then they're out, they're able to go and and spend remarkable, unconditional loving moments with their family that they were missing for so long and doing things in the world to bring awareness around the subject to help spread this oh, magic. That, it's, it's remarkable.
3: Absolutely. And it requires, to your point, your earlier point, it requires surrender, yeah. Mm -hmm. which is the opposite of ego. Ego likes to control. Yeah. And so it's that trusting that what's happening is just right for you right now. Mm -hmm. And living that, you know, not just under the influence of the medicine, but moment to moment, understanding that this is all unfolding for your benefit, really.
2: Yeah. It's, it's kind of being, and it's, it's, I mean, at least it's taken me, you know, to really be comfortable in that unknown space. Like I've known the way I've been and I know what has worked for me and what hasn't worked for me and my old patterns and, and the ways I get love and I don't get love. And I think what Aya really, really showed me after I I sat was kind of like, Hey, you might not know this new way. Like right. I'm I'm, I'm again, back to that foreign thing, like it might be so foreign and it's really staying soft and open and willing to not know, willing to kind of be in that space. And but it's really not, uncomfortable. Not to be driving
3: it, but to follow it. Yeah. Respond to it. That's a whole different way of being. And that's been a big lesson for me as well, by the way. Yeah. And probably my biggest is don't push the river, you know, don't just let it. Evolve, let it evolve. It's all happening. And by the way, I just want to point out that Mike and Brooke and Matt and A. May are all doing fabulously. They mm. continue to evolve, they wow. continue to help other people, they continue to lobby. You know, Matt was a big part of the decriminalization of psilocybin in Denver. Wow. He's talking to different legislative uh, bodies around the country. Oh. He is a real advocate, and he is moving out. Mike is learning more and more about plant medicines and mm-hmm. how to use them. Both of them, both of the men, are homeschooling their children.
2: Wow! Not them,
3: but but uh, two of them.
0: That's really cool to hear the the after effect of the of the story because you know it cuts off at a certain point. I, I was I was dying laughing when I saw his ayahuasca Budweiser shirt. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. we get a big kick out of their t-shirts we did not ask them you know where it is, but they just instinctively knew i guess you know? well, it's yeah i noticed
0: them and it, like it, all all of this all of all four of them are people that i would love to hang out with you know it's just yeah that is amazing that they're they're acting with it on the decriminal decriminalization subject I know that creating this documentary obviously has an effect on that. Are you all trying if he's going and and he's had an effect himself in Denver with the psilocybin decriminalization. I'm in Oregon where it's a very big, I'm a member of the Portland psilocybin or the Oregon psilocybin society as well. It's, it's a place that's a topic to be also decriminalizing it soon. Um, how
3: statewide, right? Aren't they talking? Yeah. Statewide statewide Oregon. Yeah. Uh,
0: what, what other things have you seen as far as how, how is this helping? Have you had contacts with um, political side or, or legislation that, that has the power to start looking at this documentary? Has anyone openly been like, wow, this is a big deal. Let us help you. Um, I hope in every way possible that it keeps growing and you, you get more and more of that, obviously. But I was just wondering yeah. what the progress has been.
3: Well, not yet. That's what's happening in November. I think it's November, as I said, 18th. Uh, We're sponsoring with the help of the Open Society Foundation. Do you know who they are? Uh, Do you know who George Soros is?
0: That sounds really...
3: George (laughs) Soros is a billionaire who comes under a lot of flack from the far right. He was one one of the major influencers of getting cannabis legalized in many states so open society foundation is his foundation and they have a drug policy uh wing and they have given us a grant that is helping us do this event in washington dc beautiful so that that's the first time that we know of that it'll be used in that context but it's specifically for that with people of influence and policy so that's this month to... that is this month uh, that is uh, exactly right november 9th you said i think it's the 19th 18th and
0: 19th are you going out 19th there
3: or 19th. um i'm trying to decide right now uh, luke will be there matt will be there mike was invited but he is homeschooling his kids and he does you know he has duties yep. as book works out of the home yeah um, Mike and I are going to Warsaw, Poland in early December for a big film festival that's on human justice. So that'll be another place where we start to have an impact, uh, you know, with other films about the rights, human rights.
0: It's so beautiful.
3: So it's, it's just starting to get out there. It's Believe me, getting films shown is is <laughs> labor intensive. I'll put it that I way. I can only <laughs> imagine. Yeah.
0: So it's this officially came out uh, third week of October, right? Or October twenty second.
3: October twenty second was when it became available on digital platforms. Okay, so before that, we had conferences, community screenings, sometimes home screenings. There was a whole year of outreach. What for that. digital
0: platforms is it on?
3: It is on Vimeo, iTunes, Amazon, and Google Play.
0: Okay. I just wanted to know so I can post them in show notes.
3: Yes. And there's one sub-note on that. For foreign languages, iTunes and Vimeo have subtitles in Spanish, French, German, Hebrew, and closed caption. Wow. So we do intend for this to be seen worldwide. We've, we have a worldwide audience so far. Do
0: you link to, you
3: heard,
0: sorry, I had a little bit of a delay there. Ahead. Do you link to all those on, your, on the, from Shock to All website?
3: Yeah, we have, you mean the places where yeah, it's being yeah, shown? Yeah, just so I can and, post
0: to that normal absolutely. website. and Yeah, okay.
3: Absolutely, yeah.
0: Cool, what's next for yeah. you?
3: Well, me personally? yeah. First of all, (laughs) film is still taking a lot of time, but as I said in the beginning, and I'm earnest about it, for me personally, conscious community and figuring out some new models.
0: Oh, that's amazing.
3: First of all, myself, how can that work with my friends? Of course, wanting multi-generational communities. It doesn't do any good to just have a bunch of old people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and... I'm a child of the 70s, so we had communes and all that, which I don't see this being. There's some new model that is going to emerge, and I'm sure the plant medicines will show us uh, mm. what it can look like and where it can be. Um, there's a lot of different possibilities, but I think it's time to start gathering.
2: Don't you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, within this, within this week alone, I feel like I've talked to about 15 people that are wanting this, that are, you know, wanting to start having this conversation or wanting to create this. So the conversation is happening. I mean, I live in the boulder bubble, but you know, I, the conversation I believe is happening. People are wanting this. They're they're coming to this. You know, whether I,
3: couldn't, I couldn't agree more. You know, yeah. people of like mind who have seen this new way of, you know, not having to have Three cars and huge houses, and the consumption that has dominated our culture for the last what? Fifty years, 60 years, whatever uh, it is. Yeah. Um, this new way of being is taking shape, and pockets of it are forming. You know, we have the communities like Portland and Boulder and Austin and Berkeley and the Bay Area, you know, Seattle. There are places where there's a predominance or, I don't know, predominance, but certainly a density of people with that same consciousness. Mm -hmm. It naturally will start to, like molecules, join together, join together Mm -hmm. into a web, as Heath said, a spider web with tensile strength. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's always stronger. The web is very strong and stable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so Olivia is very much her, her crew there in Boulder, obviously, but I've met a lot of them randomly around the world. They just all some, for some reason live in Boulder. Um, I didn't (laughs) go there and hang out with them, but like, I've had really in depth conversations with people that have thought extensively about how to create these communities. And Mm -hmm. I am very excited for them. Um, I have plans that are in action to create my own little type of, you know, sustainable outdoor thing that I can interact and work from farm area and people can come in and out of creatively. And it's hard to, it's like when you do ayahuasca, you can't everything that you experience and learn. It's like, you have to try to take that information and bring it back onto your, your hard drive that doesn't have enough space to retain the information once you're out of the realm. But what you don't uh-huh. know is that it's actually in there. It's in the drive and it's working. You just don't have to think about all of it all the time because it just works. Right. It's kind of the same. Like
3: a, like a seed growing, right. yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. it doesn't have to sit there and direct all of the mechanisms of the enzymes and all of that. It's happening. Yeah, it happens. And I think we're all part of
2: that. Yeah. Just got to surrender, you know, keep listening and surrender.
3: Stay conscious, stay it. Stay aware. Yeah. Get
2: off the yoga mat and, and take action.
3: <laughs> Doesn't mean stop doing yoga because that exactly. both. And meditation and our connections, they all sustain us. But yeah, I think it's time to move into action. And podcasts like these are so beautiful because of that. Mm. These are the, you know, this is how the word gets out. This is already going to reach a group of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I'm I'm really... I'm really honored to have been able to talk to both of you Janine. I hope while driving through California, maybe we can figure out a way to have coffee. Yeah. And that would be
3: wonderful.
0: yeah, Olivia, thank you so much for coming on and co-hosting this with me. I feel like it was kind of like a triple, triple threat we had here. You know? <laughs> yeah.
3: This is amazing. I yeah. love trying yeah.
0: oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the
3: we're all
0: on the same page, I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just really grateful to to interact with your wisdom. And you've been doing this for a long time. And it's good to hear somebody talk so in depth about it that has so much experience because it is very trendy right now with ayahuasca. Like, I don't know how many people I hear on the streets or come up to me and they're like, oh yeah, I want to go check that shit out, man. Like, I'm going to go down right. there and do that. and figure it out. While they're like pounding, you know, whatever it is that they're consuming, that's going against the whole purpose <laughs> right. of what plant medicine would. Um,
3: exactly. But, Which is one thing to make is a strong point. Yeah. All of these medicines to derive the benefits we're talking about require respect and a sacred space. Yes, definitely. And yeah. really allow them to work and give them full attention and mm-hmm. not let our egos take over.
2: Yeah. Thank yeah. You for honoring, saying deep honoring yeah amen
0: yeah so i'm I'm really happy that we were able to uncover some of this stuff for people listening that maybe haven't heard from anybody other than the trendy folks uh this is this is really in depth and it's beautiful we'll post all the links in the show notes which will be at heatharmstrong.com forward slash 28 and all the information to get in contact with the crew or to watch the documentary will be there if anybody has questions you can always ask questions or leave voicemails at heatharmstrong.com forward slash voice. Um, if you have questions for Janine or Olivia, I can forward them to them as well if you send them through. And again, my lovely triangle our
3: website. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Title, <laughs> subject. Love triangle. Um, <laughs> but also our website from shock to awe and all of we post regularly on Twitter, Facebook, etc. Those are all mechanisms for getting in touch with us and the crew. If anybody's interested. Are
0: those sites all under like the at from shock to awe or?
3: Bingo. That's exactly what they
0: are. Nice. Perfect. It's a, it's a great title. Did you Uh come up with the title?
3: Actually? Yes. (laughs) I like to say it came came through me, (laughs) you know, true creativity. It's not like we do it. It's consciousness. it yeah. comes through and it was like bingo i think that's it because we were looking for a long time
0: yeah cool yeah mm-hmm. well thank you so much
2: yeah, thank, thank you. you thank you so much it's been amazing.
1: i'm
3: energized
1: yeah <laughs> There's a place called space and it's got the magic. There's a place called space and it's got the balls. There's a place called space and it's got the passion. There's a place called space where we can smash the walls. There's a place called space where we'll face fuck conformity and the chatter of the confidence is slaughtered at birth. In this place called space, where we'll build a factory of smalls that we'll assemble with our minds and sell to earth.
0: That is the type of shit that I live for. Um, from shock 2 com is the website where you can go and check out where you can watch this film. It is deeply moving. It's deeply inspiring. Uh, it's powerful. It's it's really, really, really powerful. And I think it's amazing that they have a crew on social media who is responsive Um And ah, I just, I can't say enough about it. So check them out. It's also facebook.com slash from shock to all instagram.com slash from shock to all Twitter, the whole, the whole thing. They also have a YouTube um, button that you can click on their website. If you look underneath the subscribe button in the menu and you can go to uh, YouTube. So check all that out. Todd is out today. He had a hard night partying. Heard he was down in New Orleans last I heard, getting primed up for Jazz Fest, but that's not for three more months. So, like, I don't know what kind of priming he's exactly doing, uh, but he did order, like, 16 cases of personal lube from my Amazon store and requested overnight shipping I thought that was kind of interesting. What are you going to do with 16 cases of personal lube in New Orleans? I'll leave you to think of that, you know? I'm not really that interested in the answer. I'm Heath Armstrong. This is Never Stop Peeking, and we will catch you next time. Ta-ta!